0: doing it. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash girl for 25% off. How often do you send money internationally? This is something that's becoming much more common around the globe for both business and personal reasons. We live in a time of travel, and with that comes the need for our money to travel too. Well, luckily for all of us, sending money abroad is no longer the difficult, expensive thing that it used to be, especially when you use TransferWise. Why should you use TransferWise, you might wonder? Well, one easy answer, and it has three syllables. Exchange rate. When you send money abroad with most providers, they usually don't give you the real exchange rate. They mark it up, and then they keep the difference for themselves. TransferWise is different. TransferWise uses clever new technology so you always get the real rate whenever you convert between currencies. It lets you send money quickly and seamlessly between over 70 currencies and it even has a multi-currency account so you can hold over 40 currencies and convert them whenever you like. You pay only one small upfront fee and much more of your money makes it to the other side. That's why The Economist says TransferWise takes a machete to the hefty fees that other services charge. But you don't have to take their word for it. More than four million people are already saving. Sign up at TransferWise.com yoga to test it out for free or download the app. That's TransferWise.com slash Yoga or download the app. Hi and welcome to another episode of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. I am sitting right now in front of the mic. I'm in my guest room upstairs. My uh, sister's visiting, so it's a slightly messier guest room than normal. I just came back from a really crazy 24-hour trip to LA. Literally took me 15 hours to get there, 15 hours to get back home, and I spent 24 hours. I just had one night's sleep in LA. Teaching just one class over there, a little intense, a little wild. Not something that I love to do. I mean, obviously, if I could choose... prefer to spend a few days and see my friends and take time and not have things be this hectic and crazy. But I'm in the middle of a yoga teacher training right now, so I took advantage of the day off I had to go teach somewhere else. And such is life. This podcast right now, I kind of, uh, I'm in the space, which actually I, I don't like it, but I also love it when I really have no real clue what I'm going to talk about today. I can kind of compare it to you know, writing the first page of a brand new book or I'm sitting down and I'm, I'm going to create something, I'm creating a new yoga class or a new sequence or, yeah, writing a blog or, you know, sharing maybe something deep on Instagram or, yeah, writing a new book and I sit down and I have no idea what I'm going to create, right? I step into that little place of, of uncertainty, that little place of not knowing and I think I have to let myself dwell there a little bit to get new inspiration and to actually get to the core of what it is that I'm looking to create. And this podcast episode is just that right now. This is my, my blank page, these first few few minutes of, of chatting with you guys. So uh, how about we take a couple of breaths, maybe more than a couple. <laughs> so if you want to close your eyes and ground into wherever you are in this moment, Let's take a few, yeah, really cleansing breaths. So breathing in through the nose, you can fill the body all the way up. And open the mouth, let it go. Let's do that one more time. Maybe bring a little noise into the breath this time. So inhale, fill the body. And sigh it out. Actually, wherever you are, Let's take a moment just to shake the body loose a little bit. So unless you're in a very public place or if you don't mind being a little weird right now, just shake your hands loose, kind of up and down side to side, and then shake your shoulders, your arms. If you're standing up, you can shake your legs, jump up and down a little bit. Just feel some energy building inside of the body. So getting from a little bit of a stagnant place, just inviting some energy in. And then with that, let's take another full breath and let it go. And then placing both hands to the top of your heart, just connecting the palms on top of the chest. And with that little little moment of energy, little moment of release, just checking in, how are you feeling right here, right now, this moment today? So regardless of when the last time you did a little check-in like this, regardless of what that was like, just dropping into this place now, every moment we close our eyes and we tap inward, whether it's the beginning of your yoga practice or in your meditation or in those moments you have day to day, it's always a new day, always a brand new moment. We feel different in our bodies every single day. More importantly, we feel different in our hearts every single day. And I think that how we feel in the heart, how we feel on the inside, really reflects how we express ourselves and how we show up in the world on the outside. So let's drop all the way into that place. (sighs) I'm just feeling what is present, taking a moment there to soften a little bit. Sometimes I do this practice and I can almost feel like I have a little wall up, especially if I'm around other people or if I've had a hectic day or something and then I drop in, I connect, and it's almost like I don't want to feel all the way to the center of the heart because if I do, I know there is something there that I have to deal with. So sometimes it feels like it's a little easier to keep a bit of a barrier there or a wall up and just not have to look at whatever's there if it's hard. So if you're feeling that now or if you're feeling a little bit disconnected from the heart, that could be it. Sometimes we don't want to look at what's there if we know it's something we have to deal with or something we have to unpack or... Some discomfort we might have to sit with for a while. But letting yourself take that step anyway. Letting yourself open that door anyway. And just connecting to that heart. That place. And the heart holds so much. Oh man. Your heart holds unbelievable. An unbelievable amount of things. There's a capacity that your heart has to continue on no matter what life throws at it and in your lifetime your heart has held so much space for love and for sorrow and for sadness and for joy and maybe for grief for pain and everything in between so sometimes when i do that kind of check in just how is my heart doing the one answer I come up with at times. It's just, oh, my heart is tired. Just tired sometimes of holding everything together all the time. It's good, I think, to let ourselves fall apart from here to there. Not all the time, not every day, but actually allowing ourselves that space to to not do everything perfectly all the time, to not stand so tall and not be so strong all the time every day. But giving ourselves those moments or days or weeks, you know, periods in our lives where we can actually fall apart a little bit. And sometimes we have to orchestrate something in our lives to actually give us that space. Usually when we get to a place where we begin to unravel a bit, we feel like we're failing. We feel like something is wrong. We're in a crisis. We're having a meltdown, a breakdown of some sort. Actually, I think there's an intelligence to the heart that connects really deeply to the intelligence of this universe where, when we really need to open up and feel when we really need a big release, somehow life will orchestrate for us a way or a place or a situation where we can do that, where that suddenly is okay or where we actually have something to point at, you know, so whether that's through something that happens in our lives that breaks us open, that breaks our hearts a little bit, Or perhaps suddenly we find ourselves surrounded by something amazing. Like we get an opportunity to leave, to go travel, to spend some time and be alone, to go do a healing retreat, to do something just for us, right? Or maybe we find ourselves with unexpected support at home. So we can actually step away from whatever our regular day-to-day responsibilities are, and then go do that thing for us. Um, Have you ever been, you know, kind of, you go on vacation and then all of a sudden you get really sick. Yeah, you get a break and then all of a sudden you feel, you know, deflated instead of doing all the fun, exciting things you wanted to do on that break, you spend that break, you know, low or sick or tired. I think that's, that's how it works. So if you're in the midst of something really challenging right now, instead of looking at that as a failure or as a breakdown or as a crisis, look at that as something genius that's actually unfolding in your life there is a beautiful intelligence to this universe that creates what we need in the moment we need it so if you're falling apart right now it's because right now somehow you have the space to do that we don't fall apart when we have to keep everything together right when we have no support when we don't have any space to step away but it happens when it happens because timing is divine so i feel like I'm kind of not in a, in the in the middle of a of a falling apart or a breaking apart but I am in the middle of contemplating everything that's kind of been put in my path right now and all the moments in my life where I've actually had a little breakdown or a big one where I have fallen apart where I've felt my whole life unravel in front of me and around me and how somehow those moments always led me to where I had to go. Now, of course, I'll never know if, you know, where would I be if that thing hadn't happened? If I hadn't unraveled in that way, would I still be here where I am today with the beautiful things I have in life? I don't know, maybe. Maybe we're supposed to go, you know, we're gonna we're supposed to go where we end up and there's many avenues or ways to get there and just some roads teach us more than others. I don't know. But it's left me in a place right now just contemplating this. I'm a in the middle of this yoga teacher training we have 50 beautiful women from I think 13 countries in Aruba right now and every single person who embarks on a journey like that so this is 23 days 23 days immersed in the art of yoga the art of healing here in Aruba with us it, and it it's impossible I think to go through that journey without having something crack open inside of you and it's, it's part of the process so as I'm supporting all of these women on that journey and, and really creating that safe container for them to open up what's meant to open and to contain what's meant to be contained and to ground where we need to ground and to fall apart when we need to fall apart because I think a huge part of our spiritual development, a huge part of that evolution of our soul is the cracking open, the breaking open, the falling apart and then putting everything back together again. We can't, we can't grow without it we can't. And it's, it's sort of an interesting place to be in, I think, holding space for that, for the group in that sense. Sometimes I feel like with groups, I'm kind of, I don't know how to explain it. I feel like I'm the conductor of a, of a, of a big concert almost, you know, I can kind of sense just with energy, with my heart, with love, who needs what. So when I'm teaching and then in the sessions in between and all the things, the little mechanics that you know, have to work together to keep a group of 50 women for a whole month elevated in this sense. It's like, it's, it's, it's so much is about intuition and really feeling into who needs what and when, and when do we need to maybe push someone a little bit to get out of their comfort zone? And when do we need to, do we need to rein someone back so that we don't spin too far, right? So that we stay with our feet on the ground all the time. And I can definitely sense that there is something divine that is always, always present when we have those moments of unraveling. And it's I think when you look at it with someone else, I can see so clearly in these groups, you know, when we have someone who's really struggling or something comes up in a specific moment, sitting on the outside, you know, being really objective, not moving through that same kind of heart wrenching process which sometimes it is unpacking old stuff and baggage and wounds and traumas and you know it's it's tough work but when I can look at it from the outside I can see someone moving through something really heavy and at the same time feel so light because I can see the purpose of that opening in that moment I don't know how to explain it other than that it's just it gives me this absolute unbelievable sense of purpose in that we all end up here, you know, for a reason. This is the right place to be. It's the right time to be here. The time is now. And if it wasn't for every single person being here in this room right now, none of this would be the same. And I, I do my best to, to try to apply that to my life, to really apply that to my life on that bigger scale today I've had some kind of bickering with my husband my sometimes I refer to him to like oh my poor husband (laughs) Dennis actually there's there's no such thing as my poor husband you know he has a super amazing life and when I'm teaching a group like this for this long his number one job is to be home and take care of the baby which is kind of in reverse I think that you know and not now, not these days, but you know, we have that traditional role of 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 the dad or the man going to work and, you know, being the whatever you call it, bread maker, bread winner. <laughs> There's the word there that I'm blanking on. And then, you know, mom staying at home, taking care of the kids, cooking, whatever. So we're doing that, you know, kind of in reverse and it, it floats back and forth a little bit to where I wanna be home and then I'm home and then he needs to be home and then he's home and And so and so. But I felt over the past days, and it's something that really I I need to, you know, communicate super clearly and be really sensitive with, that if I'm not careful and actually watch everything that's in play in terms of how our days work, how we make our lives work in these moments. I'm working 14 hour days, I'm gone all day, every day, no break, 23 days. And then, you know, this crazy trip to California in between is just a lot. And then I look at Dennis and I get really jealous at times. Like he gets to spend all day with the baby, right? And for him, you know, spending a whole month all day with the baby, no space to do anything else, no space to go out and be with his friends, no real space to like do the things that he likes to do or work or whatever, but really he's, he's home. Of course, that gets super boring after a while and I get that. But then for me, you know, especially when I'm really in this intense work period and I just get to see the baby a couple hours a day or, you know, like two hours in the morning and then if I'm lucky, like an hour for lunch and then that's it. That's all I get. And after the first kind of week of training, I could sense inside of myself like, oh, like I'm building this almost resentment that I feel jealous that Dennis gets to be home and be with her all the time. And I'm not, you know, and then I, I have to really catch myself and notice that before it becomes a, a problem in my relationship and sit with that and say, Hey, okay, so this is what I'm feeling right now. Is it fair that I'm feeling this, you know, is there, there's nothing he can do to change it. I created the situation. I love having the trainees here. I love teaching these groups. It's really part of what, what elevates me, what makes me grow. It's part of, it's my whole passion, you know, is this. But then at the same time, I want to be home with a baby all day. I can't have the cake and eat it too. You know, we, we know that's not how life works. And I'm really lucky and blessed that I have a husband who is, you know, who has this kind of flexible life with me, who can drop anything at any moment and just kind of be there with her and be there with us. But it doesn't change the fact that, you know, especially in the moments where I get really tired or when I feel overwhelmed that like, oh, like I wish I want to sit on the couch and watch the office with her, you know, like he he did that the other day. So I have to really catch myself in those moments, right? So that I don't let any of that seep out as resentment when I'm talking to Dennis for no reason or sometimes tiredness at least in my life shows up as frustration instead of just I'm tired. So let myself be tired and create extra space for rest when I have it instead I get frustrated when everything isn't the way I want it and it's just because I'm low on energy. So this this kind of Process, this is just an example of many things, but it's, it's not a massive thing in our lives. And you know, it's this, this short thing that I'm jealous of my husband for the life he has right now. But at the same time, I don't want to trade with him because I want to lead this group, right? Is that weird? <laughs> like, I want the cake and I also want to eat the cake, but I want the cake, but I want to eat the cake and I, you know, all this stuff. So as I'm holding space for this group and we're doing all of this work to really go inward and to learn, you know, self-reliance and to learn how to hold our own emotions and to learn how to deal with things as they come up and look for answers and not sit back and be victims in our lives, but take charge and know that we have the tools that we need to make it through whatever is here, right? Or whatever comes up. I have to do that work too. I really, really do. And it just... Having that kind of self awareness all the time, which I'm something that I'm, you know, trying really hard to do that when an emotion comes up, to not just dive into it head first and react, but to take a breath there before saying something resentful to my husband, before because I have whatever emotion bottled up, bottled up there from the day. You know, he's in another place. He had this chill day with the baby, and maybe I'm overwhelmed with something from work, and then I come home and, like, oh, you know, it's easy to turn my. Personal stuff into a problem in our relationship if I don't watch that. You are listening to From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. One thing I really miss about Sweden is the beautiful fall weather, the crisp air, the trees that change all sort of colors. My dad has a beautiful place right on the water, and I can't wait to take Lea Luna there someday soon. But for now, I will bring fall to us in Aruba with a Fab Fit Fun box. And guess what? The 2019 Fab Fit Fun fall box is now on pre sale. The fall box is the perfect way to treat yourself or others and get yourself ready for autumn with our carefully curated box of products from cute tote bags, kimonos, and beauty products like liquid eyeliner, lash curlers, face masks, straightening brushes, and more. You'll have the perfect look and feel for those fun times out with your girlfriends. FabFitFun is delivered four times a year. It's like having your birthday, but every season, especially since it's customizable for your own perfect style. FabFitFun lets you pick and choose certain items. With each box, you get to discover new products, including rave review must-haves that you will absolutely love and all of it is full size there will never be sample sizes of anything Try it out. It's only $49.99 a box. Every box is guaranteed to be worth over $200 in retail value. Many products' individual value is worth way more than the entire box together. My favorite part is tons of these products are from female-founded companies. You're supporting women all around you. No matter where you live, this box will have you prepped with all the necessities for fall so you can focus on the beautiful sights and new memories instead. Sign up today. FabFitFun is a seasonal subscription box with full-sized beauty, fitness, fashion, and lifestyle products. It retails for $49.99, but always has a value of over $200. Use the coupon code RACHEL for $10 off of your first box at fabfitfun.com. That's fabfitfun.com with coupon code RACHEL for $10 off your first box. Mothers deserve the absolute best. So this Mother's Day, spoil the moms in your life with little luxuries from Osea. Osea's skin and body care is the perfect way to remind all the moms, mother figures, caregivers, grandmothers, and mother-in-laws in your life to make time for themselves. If you have been looking for the perfect gift, I recommend Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I've been using it for years, and it seems like every single time I apply it, I get compliments on my skin. So something that I am working on right now with Dennis, which is really kind of beautiful that we're in this place, is the practice of sharing, right? The practice of sharing and not just the practice of sharing in terms of, you know, how was your day and, you know, what's going on and, you know, who did what at work, but the practice of actually sharing what's going on. And sometimes that means having the hard conversations, you know, so when I tell him like, hey, I feel jealous that you get to be home and be with the baby all day and just chill, and then that's going to trigger something in him. Like, wait, that's what you think I do all day? It's just we're on the couch all day? Like, didn't you notice that I, like, I cleaned the house and I watered all the plants and walked the dogs three times and then we did groceries and like all the stuff that we need to do that to keep our lives working. Like he's doing that all day. So there's no part of him feeling like he's chilling, right? But maybe compared to me in my 14 hour work day, like it's a little more relaxed or a lot. But then when I speak that, then I trigger something in him. Right. And then he's going to say something back like, you know, don't you even like, don't you appreciate how hard I'm working or like it's so easy for that to become an argument instead of just listening. Right. And that's something I think I don't know if it's part of growing older or growing closer or I don't know what it is, but I feel like we're getting a lot better at airing those things out and having the conversation before it becomes a big issue. Whereas before, especially when the baby was super little and you know, everything was the first year, it was really hard. Everything was really hard, hard to be a mom, hard to be a dad, hard to be a wife and a husband, like everything was hard. And now I can just see that, Hey, me sharing that without looking for anything in him, without having to say, you know, I want you to change something or, you know, I want you to work harder or I want you to do something different. But just for me to have the space to say, hi, I miss her, you know, which is really the, like, as I say that I choke up a little bit, like that's the root of all of it. I miss them. I miss him. I miss her. When I'm working all day long, like the jealousy of just wanting, you know, kind of feeling jealous of Dennis's day, it's me wanting to be there with them. And that, that kind of jealousy that comes from just missing them, it's just comes from this place of total natural, you know, unconditional love like I actually have this sort of problem it becomes a problem but it comes from a place of absolute love and the fact that I just want to be a good mom and I want to be present with my family and I want to you know hug them and be with them and be on the couch with them and that's a hard thing to balance when also you know hey I'm the CEO of this company and then you know we have all these employees and now we have you know 50 trainees here for this big training and you know, all the stuff that I also want, that I also am, right? I'm writing this book and going on book tour and all the other things. So it's not that necessarily I need Dennis to listen to me so that he can give me an answer or so that I need him to listen to me so that he can change something about what he's doing in his life or in our life. It's actually just for him to listen. That's it. I don't need a, an answer there. I don't need a change. I don't need action. I don't need any of that. I just need him to listen. And when he can listen from that place of, of really keeping his heart open, when he's listening not from a place of feeling attacked or from a place of feeling resentful or anything like that, where he's just listening to his wife's, you know, sharing from her heart. then automatically the response that comes from the other end is just compassion. That's it. There's no other response. There's just compassion there. So then instead of feeling attacked, like, like I'm saying, like he's not doing enough or like I'm saying that he should work harder or, you know, from his end, it's like, you know, like I get to live my dream life. Like I know that that's true. I get to do what I love to do and live my passion and work and then come home and, you know, the fridge is full and the house is good and the baby is eaten and like all those things are great. So, you know, instead of feeling attacked, he can just listen and, and see and, you know, really, really, feel that oh that comes from a place of just love of of missing us and then his response all of a sudden is totally different than what it would be if I kind of threw an accusation at him or if I let that personal feeling of feeling overwhelmed or you know jealous or whatever it is if I led with that I would have a totally different response and you know this kind of sharing this kind of speaking to each other without interrupting each other speaking from the heart without letting anything else stand in the way dropping that wall we just spoke about when we did that little breath a moment ago dropping that wall that we sometimes have between us and our hearts it changes everything I mean it really really changes everything when we speak to someone with that wall up that kind of guardedness of you know I don't want to be vulnerable here I don't want to be too intimate here I don't want to touch whatever is in my own heart because it feels like it's too much And when we keep that wall there, we're going to have totally different conversations with everyone we meet. We're going to connect with people in radically different ways. And it takes work to put the wall down. It really does. You know, we can walk through our whole lives totally unconscious with this massive shield up, kind of waiting for someone to attack us almost like waiting for the next thing to hit. And that energy, that defensiveness is going to show up in everything we do and we're going to reflect it and get it back. But when we're able to to look at ourselves and to do this inner work, you know, the looking at what am I actually feeling right now? Why am I feeling that way? Do I feel that that way a lot? What triggers that emotion? Is it my inner thought pattern of how things aren't working or is it something, you know, something old that keeps repeating itself in my life? Am I living from this past wound? And that's what I'm relating from now. You know, it's a lot of work to unpack everything that we've been through in our lives, and then not have new things lead to new resentment or new baggage, but to continuously, constantly clear everything that comes our way. Man, that shit is not easy. <laughs> I got, I gotta tell you, sometimes I, like, I can, I can remember a time in my life. I guess it's long ago, but before I had my first, you know, sort of spiritual awakening. Um I was 17 years old. I went to my first meditation retreat and I had this big light bulb go off in the, in my head. Really and it was it was in the silent days that I that I realized that I I never experienced silence in my life. And when I had that experience that sort of realization of oh there's this chatter in my mind constantly 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 and that voice is judging me and hating me and telling me I'm terrible and ugly and fat and not good enough. And, you know, and I kind of was made aware for the first time of that internal dialogue I was having with myself and how horrible it was. Of course, I felt like I wasn't enough. I was telling myself a hundred thousand times a day, you are not enough. You are not enough. You are not enough. Change something, fix something, get better. And that realization came with it, this massive opening in terms of, I don't want to live like this. That was my first big awakening is, I don't want to live like this. I don't want to have this life where I'm self-sabotaging, where I'm, you know, drinking unbelievable amounts every day or partying or blacking out. Or, you know, I was a teenager, I was doing crazy things, smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. Like I was in a really dysfunctional relationship. So many things just weren't working. And for me, that spiritual awakening was, I don't want to live like this. I, I want to be happy. And I'd never, not once in my, you know, 17s on earth ever, contemplated happiness, ever contemplated joy, you know, feeling good, feeling at ease, balance, like I never, the thought never occurred to me because I was so identified with that negative thought process that was happening in my mind all the time, all day, every day. And with this negative story of, of me having this difficult life, and coming from this difficult place and not having any chance to change anything. And just I just surrendered to the fact that life was hard. It would always be hard. And, and then I was trying to survive it. So from the moment I had that awakening, I realized, well, you know, if I if I want to have a different life, I have to change something. I'm not, I can't just sit here and wait for a different life to make its way to me. I have to put myself in the way of that kind of life. I have to change my vibration here and now. And it started with making a lot of changes, Right. So toxic things I was filling my life with, like the cigarettes, like the alcohol, like the relationships, that inner thought process of how everything was terrible. I had to rid myself of a lot, separate myself from maybe family members that were really holding me back or weighing me down. Like I had to make those changes to cut away what wasn't serving me. And then at the same time, invite in and make space for the things that really, really were like meditation. Biggest, biggest life change I've ever had came from the practice of meditation so making space to sit in silence or dynamic meditation making space to move and clear out whatever is in the way also been a huge tool for me yoga came later moving my body in that purposeful way right setting intentions and and coming back to the poses again and again of, of anchoring and being here now and then after that so many of the other things that I've know, invited as a practice into my life, the practice of sharing, the practice of journaling, primal work, going back into childhood, all of that. But all of these things, that's the thing. It takes work to live a conscious life. It really does. And sometimes I can remember that unconscious self, that version of me when I was, you know, 14, 15, 16, like right before that time, where I was just kind of floating around from place to place and I wasn't aware Right. I wasn't aware of how I was feeling. I wasn't aware of how anyone else was feeling. I wasn't aware of where I was going. I wasn't, I wasn't conscious about any of those things, which of course meant that I was causing myself a tremendous amount of suffering. I mean, the level of suffering I was in was unbelievable all the time. My whole life was just suffering, but it also didn't take any work right i was just living this unconscious life and one thing would happen and then the next and then the next and i would manifest more and more drama but it was sort of i was living on autopilot right it didn't take any conscious effort i was just i was just unconsciously playing out all of these things in my life and then living this other type of life, which of course is filled with so much joy and gratitude and space and health and good relationships and all these beautiful things in my life, it requires a constant effort in terms of being present here now, constantly, constantly. And of course, if I, if I kind of take my eye off the ball and I lose sight of, of what I'm doing or why I'm here or what's important in my life, I can slip back down that track you know i kind of formed so many of those pathways growing up the pathways we form as kids as children in our child especially early years when it comes to what people tell us and then how we ingrain that as truth right did we get where we loved enough when we were little where we told that we're loved? Did we feel safe? Did we feel supported? If we didn't have that, right? If we had a lack of support, if we lived in constant fear, if we lived in abuse, if we lived in neglect, whatever was lacking in our lives, those pathways that we form when we're kids, they're super strong. I mean, super, super, super strong. They're really there down in the bottom of our core, right? And they're going to show up in our adult lives again and again and again as sort of the default, right? So my thing when I was little, I have this massive fear of abandonment. That's my, my big wound is and probably forever will be abandonment because I was abandoned a lot when I was little um, and in many ways in one. But my dad leaving and then my stepdad who passed away and then my mom tried to commit suicide several times, which is I think the form of abandonment that has hurt me the most. I mean, my mom, my most important person in my life who constantly left, Right, completely in a sense. Even though she stayed alive, it was an absolute moment of abandonment there. And it's so strongly ingrained in my system, even though now I live a life that's super, super, where I'm super supported, right? Where my mom is really present in my life, where she's this huge source of, of support and love. And, you know, she's an amazing grandma for my daughter, and she's a great mom now, and all of these things. It doesn't really matter, actually. It matters a little bit, but I still have that, that sort of go-to wound of no one's here for me, right? That go-to pathway of I am all alone, that I have to do everything on my own, that if I don't do it, no one will do it. And that regardless of how hard I try, how much I fight, how, you know, regardless of how good I am, people are always at the end of the day going to leave. And even as I say that, I can kind of feel my heart beating a little faster because a part of me thinks still thinks that that's true. And of course, the objective adult version of Rachel, like I know that's not true at all today. You know, it's it's old, it's past, it's gone. It's not playing out here now. It's old. But it's still something I revert back to in really heavy, difficult moments. It's something I revert back to sometimes as triggers, right? When things don't go my way or when it's, it's still, it's always going to be a trigger for me when, you know, if small things like I don't get invited to a party. I'm going to feel abandoned, right? If someone cancels plans with me, like for whatever reason, I'm going to have that automatic, like, oh my God, they probably don't like me. That's why they're not coming. Instead of the objective adult way of like, hey, you know, not everything is personal. Not everything relates to that, but that's how, The brain works, you know, that's, that, that's how life is. So to not drop back into that and continue to cause drama and play out my relationships now from that place of lack and feeling abandoned when I was little, I have to keep myself in check all the time. I have to have my practice. I have to roll out my mat every day, drop into a place of silence and feel into my heart what is going on. I have to sit in meditation and allow myself that space to just be here now, to not identify with whatever thoughts are passing through my mind, which of course the mind is going to continue to create thoughts all day, every day. But it's in my moments of practice, right? In my moments of sitting in silence that I have enough space that I know that that voice is not me, that voice is not true, and that I actually do have the power to turn that voice around and tell a more positive story and tell the story where I have a really good life, where I have an abundance of things in my life, where I have people who support me, where people who won't leave me, you know, that I'm safe in my family here now, that my husband is here and my daughter is here, and even my mom here right now, I can choose to tell myself that story that lifts me up, right? That elevates me, that brings me to a whole other sense of vibration, right? From a place where I can actually create some really amazing stuff. When I tell myself that story that's actually true here now, that positive one, the uplifting one, I drop into a place where I can create almost anything, really. And I I, I say that with full confidence. When I actually sit in my own power all the way, I can I can create anything I want. When I drop into a place of lack, where I'm not supported, where nothing is going my way, where everything is hard, then yeah, whatever it is I'm looking to manifest in my life, whether it's something simple and little and small or something huge and big in a dream, it's kind of like I'm starting from below zero already. I'm already I'm already behind, right? It's going to get really hard just to get to a level of, just to get to the base, right? It's, it's, it's going to be a super, super struggle. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. As you guys know already, I've gone completely gluten-free. While that means I'm missing a lot of my favorite foods, it also means I've been able to try some really yummy new grains that I hadn't given much thought to before. Have you ever heard of buckwheat groats? Neither had I, but they're super amazing. Bob's Red Mill Organic Buckwheat Groats are the hulled seeds of the buckwheat plant. They're completely gluten-free and they have a mild grassy flavor, which can be intensified by toasting them. It's actually super delicious. They make a great addition to soups and salads, but lately I've been making really healthy vegan grain bowls. I combine Brussels sprouts, sweet, potato, red onion, some oil, tahini, lemon juice, pumpkin seeds, beets and the winning ingredient, Bob's Red Mill buckwheat groats. It's such a hearty delicious meal that keeps me full and energized for a really long time. Since I'm immersed in a yoga teacher training right now from morning to night, I need all the energy I can get. For anyone with celiac disease or a gluten sensitivity like me, all of Bob's Red Mill's gluten-free products are processed in a 100% gluten-free facility to ensure no cross-contamination for anyone with celiac disease or a gluten sensitivity like me, all of Bob's Red Mill's gluten-free products are processed in a 100% gluten-free facility to ensure no cross-contamination so we can feel safe and confident with what we are eating. But Bob's Red Mill isn't just for those of us eating gluten-free. Their flavor-packed, healthy foods that actually taste amazing is out there for everyone. Check out their products today. Head over to bobsredmill.com slash yoga girl and enter for a chance to win some really great and delicious Bob's Red Mill goodies. One winner will be selected it every month the same goes for all of us right it really really goes for all of us life works this way and we all have our specific tools and ways of being things we can do and invite in our into our lives that lifts us up and it's our responsibility to do those things every day maybe not all of them, but have at least some sort of practice where we can do as many of them as we can fit into a regular day, where we really make it a priority to do those things because they keep us sane, because they keep us present, because they that's what fills our cup. I mean, that's the true meaning of self-care. Not always, you know, lying in a bath with a bar of chocolate or drinking wine or whatever, but like actual self-care in terms of unpacking the shit that isn't true dropping that old story, releasing what doesn't serve us, leaving that toxic relationship, inviting and making space for the really beautiful things that actually lift you up. That's what actual self-care is, and that's what's actually going to change our lives. And yeah, if we get lazy, yeah, we might revert back to that old unconscious self where we don't have to think about things so much and all the time. And sometimes I can find myself like, oh, like doing this work all day, Every day, every time a trigger comes up, every time I'm in a, you know, argument with Dennis or every time, whatever it is that's there. And of course, you know, it's not not like I'm, you know, I'm far from perfect. Many times it becomes an argument still. And then my self-reflection happens a little too late, right? And that's super normal too. So like, oh, wait, it's not until after like my practice the next day, I realize hey, oh, I had that thing with Dennis yesterday because of that. Oh, now it makes sense you know now i can talk to him from that place of understanding and clear whatever happened then because i you know didn't come to me fast enough or i wasn't able in that moment to drop into a place of presence and sit with that or i didn't have space or oftentimes especially with me and Dennis, that's the example that i brought up but whenever we do have arguments or things it's because i'm really distracted so whenever i'm trying to juggle several things at a time or He has a thing, like we just actually had a conversation about this right before I started recording this show, where if I don't listen to him well, and of course I understand this being a huge trigger, he takes it really, really, really personally. So an example is we're at the studio, you know, we have all the people in the shala, they're doing their work and practice teaching. And then I'm in the office and we have our our COO here from Sweden. Like we have a lot of things at the same time. And I oftentimes have like a multitasking, right? So I'm keeping an eye on the baby, talking to Angela, keeping an eye on all the people in the other room while, you know, someone is texting me about something. And then there's Dennis like trying to plan the day or something, you know, like all these things. And then sometimes it happens that I ask him a question about the day and then immediately my attention goes elsewhere. Like the baby is about to like fall off the chair or, you know, like life. And then I leave him hanging there with a question I asked him and I don't give him a chance to answer. And that's a big trigger for him, right? To not be seen or to not be listened to. And of course, that's a huge thing, really, really big thing. And Those moments of not being anchored, those moments of not being present and here, that's when things like that become an argument, right? So if I wasn't listening to him or not catching what he said or whatever, for whatever reason, when I'm here in my body, not stressed, not overwhelmed, then it's really easy for me to feel and see like, hey, of course, like when he's like, hey, you don't listen to me, you know, and he says it like that. And then I, you know, if I'm not anchored, I might look at him like, what's like, what do you want from me? Like I'm, someone has to watch the baby. I'm talking to Angela. Like, look at all those people over there. Like just. what do you want from me? Like I can, you know, I get defensive and I throw that back at him. But when I'm home or when I'm grounded and I'm able to see that in him, like, Hey, you're not listening to me. Hey, he's right. He's hundred percent right. I wasn't listening. Hey, I'm sorry. Hey, let's start over. Let's sit down. Hey, okay. What were you saying? and then giving him my full attention there now or you know asking someone else to watch the baby for 5 minutes so I can have that conversation with my husband or whatever needs to happen or even just hey I can't have this conversation right now I'm a little too busy or too much is going on can we talk about this at home or you know whatever the kind way through that moment is not throwing it back at his face but because there is there is a kind response to be found in every in every moment there really 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 is there's is a kind way through whatever challenge we're in even in or especially when uh, when people trigger us or when people kind of because we're going to find that all the time where someone throws something at us and we can take that and we can turn it into drama or maybe they've already made it drama it doesn't have to be yours right and usually that's how things work we're all looking for ways to get back to that core place of where the wound was and that's, I find it so interesting that if we have that big wound from childhood, like minus abandonment, I find myself, if I'm not conscious, attracting or creating similar situations in my relationships today, super, super weird, where I can kind of affirm that core thought of everybody leaves me, even though it's not true. Right, but if I'm conscious and present and I do this work and I do the self-reflection and I sit in meditation and I move my body and, I, and I'm and i really here then I can see and I can catch that like hey, ooh you're about to create that problem now with this friend that you have for no reason right? no actual reason at all just because you're thinking from this old thought pattern and I can actually change that before it's a problem and then I don't have that similar situation manifested in my life again does that make sense? am I making sense? <laughs> so especially now, I mean, this whole, you know, whenever I'm holding space for a group, I become acutely aware of all the intricate workings that play out in my life every day. And I have no choice but to really sit and be present with all of them. And sometimes that shit is exhausting. (laughs) Like I have something going on with my mom and then I have something going on with this friend and I have something going on with Dennis. Like we all have so many relationships playing out in different ways all day long, all the time right? So how can we actually give ourselves enough space to be so grounded in ourselves that we can react to each one or be present in each one in the way we need to? I think that's a big one. And we have this practice that we do here at the studio, the practice of clearing. We do it with groups as well. We have it as part of our commitments that we make at the beginning of a training is, you know, if something comes up inside of us that isn't good, right? Something comes up that triggers us. It might be with another participant. It might be with someone on the team. It might be with me, right? Sometimes in the group, I can be a big source of triggers for people, like the way I'm showing up being such a central piece of this whole thing. So instead of letting that fester, like if it happens within the team and, you know, we can have a really busy day and we're running over each other and doing this and this and that, and then someone kind of makes a remark or someone forgets to do something here. And then it becomes this moment of resentment like oh i can't believe she left that hanging again like she didn't do that thing she was supposed to do it's our responsibility to in that moment as soon as we have a chance find that person and clear it with them right away right away so you know like you know hey can we sit for a minute you know yesterday you were supposed to do that thing and then you didn't do it so i had to do it but it wasn't my responsibility like something really simple and then that person can be like oh hey you know maybe they didn't even know maybe they weren't aware maybe they didn't feel like it was there you know whatever is there we can sit with that, hold space for that, air it out, which might mean like being a little fiery for a moment. It might mean speaking truth. It's just cutting through the bullshit, getting to the point, clearing it out, you know, having a hug, like getting back to, to grounded, getting back to, to, to the place of kindness and love. And then we can con- continue with our day. We can't hold a training like this. If within the team, you know, things are constantly popping up and we're sitting on those things, letting them fester under the surface. Absolutely impossible. So we do that work within the team, within the whole Yoga Girl team, the practice of sharing, the practice of getting on our mats every day, the practice of burning our emotions, you know, if it's crying or screaming or yelling, that we have our own way of letting out what needs to be let out. Because I know, and this is so, 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 so true, that whatever goes on inside of me will reflect in the team. So I have to do that work on my level with my people, the team, we all have to do that work together. And what's reflected in the team will be reflected in the group. Right? So if we keep everything super clear, it doesn't mean that we're all Zen and we're all some enlightened you know, beings doing everything perfect. It means that we're just as human as everybody else. But when shit comes up, we deal with it right away. right? We sit with it. We don't you know, escape or go around or avoid confrontation or swallow it down. Like We actually deal with it and we clear it right away so that nothing builds up so that at the end of 23 super intense days, we can sit in circle and look at each other and feel like, man... We did that. We did a great job. It's super important. So using this group just as a little metaphor for all of our lives, I mean, really, 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 we'll be able to see as a reflection in the people around us, what they bring back our way completely depends on how we're doing the work inside of ourselves. So when I'm clearing all this stuff, When I'm present with all this stuff, when I'm doing the best I can to really be present here now, to see my own triggers, to do my own work, all of a sudden it becomes easier for the people around me to do it too, right? When we don't have dramatic people to attach drama to, we have to do something else, right? We have to do something else to deal with what's going on inside of us. So it becomes like ripples on the water. And this is why, and I cannot emphasize this enough, this is why it is crucial, crucial that you surround yourself with people who are doing the work, that you surround yourself with people who aren't, you know, toxic or sitting, holding a lot of toxic energy or who aren't creating drama everywhere they go or who aren't trying to constantly stir things or, you know, deflect things back at you, but people who know how to take responsibility for their own shit and do their own work. And we all do that work in different ways. It doesn't necessarily have to be yoga or meditation or any of those things. Like we all have our ways, but when we surround ourselves with people who are present in that kind of light, living on that other kind of vibration, it's going to be a thousand times easier for us to do our work as well. So, if you're alone right now, if you're the only one, if you're listening to this and you're nodding and you're like, Yeah, yeah, I feel that. I get that. I'm in that place. I'm doing, I'm trying to do that work. I'm looking at my shit, right? If you're there and then you're the only one, right? You don't have any family around you who's doing that same work. You're kind of the odd one out at family gatherings, or all of your friends think you're a little weird, or, you know, no one wants to sit and hold that kind of space for you to share, to open up whatever is there. You need to get out there and find some people now. Like really, you got to build your squad. You got to find at least, at least some kind of, you know, social gathering you can connect with. If it's once a week or once a month, or maybe online, you can join the Yoga Girl community online. We have a beautiful community group on Facebook where we do this work out loud. Um, You just search Yoga Girl community on Facebook if you want to join us there. But really, you know, It could be a yoga teacher, a yoga class, some sort of, you know, healing retreat that you do once a year. It can be finding that, you know, one person in your, in your group that kind of is in a similar space and connecting to them deeper. Maybe it's like putting an ad out for a new friend. (laughs) Like, I don't know, but putting yourself in different situations so you can connect with people who resonate in that same way to help you shine that light a little bit brighter every day instead of diminishing it. Like we need that. And for me, there's no way I could do all of this if I wasn't surrounded by that all the time. Like I need people to keep me in check. You need people to keep you in check. And we have to keep doing this work. It's, there's no other way. There really is no other way. (laughs) So it's my, uh, my deepest longing just right now speaking these words that, that you feel like you're on that path right? That you feel like you're on that path, that you have a way to process. And maybe you feel like, oh, I'm still putting the pieces of that puzzle together. I don't know. If, I don't have all the tools to deal with my inner workings and with my life right now. I still feel like a victim in these areas or like I can't control certain areas. Well, at least you're on the path and you're collecting those tools right now. Like you're reading the books, listening to the podcast, doing the practice, doing the work, having the conversations, looking to live a better life. And then, yeah, we have to be really compassionate and kind to ourselves when things fall apart and we don't do it well that day, right? Where we have days or consecutive days where we couldn't self-reflect, where we didn't have space to sit with our own emotions or to, you know, have the real conversations or to get to the bottom of what our hearts really need. And then we have to be kind to ourselves and go, hey, I did my best then, right? I had a hard week and now I get it. Now I'm here. And then we do that work and we have that practice every day. So if in this moment, or maybe just right after this podcast ends, create a sliver of space in your day to not immediately drop into the next thing or to fill your time with something else or continue being busy, busy, busy. So if you can, right after this podcast ends or create space, you know, at some other part of today, but today, do it today. Carve out some time to sit in silence with your hands over your heart. Eyes closed, breathing deeply, feeling your feelings, asking your heart, what is going on? How am I doing right now? What do I need? What's moving? What's stirred inside of me here now? And if something is triggered or something is hard or something is, you know, surfacing, then how can I hold space for that? How can I, in a healthy way, release that emotion or tell that story out loud if I have to, or lighten myself from the burden of holding everything together all the time. And then reminding yourself that perhaps you need to fall apart a little bit today perhaps this month, perhaps this year, perhaps you need a little bit of space to just let everything drop and unravel. Maybe you need a really good cry. Man, don't we all just need a really, really good cry? Then create it. Do it. Do it it today. Do it now. Don't wait. That's the most important part. Don't wait to live a good life. Don't wait for everything to magically come together in that perfect way. And then you'll start doing the work. No, do the work right now, today listening to these words right now I want to thank you for listening for for being here if you're resonating with these words it means we're on the same path together you and I means we're doing this work together it means we're not alone it makes me feel less alone it means at the end of the day we're all connected to that same beating heart like Ram Dass says all roads lead to the same place. And we're on our way. Thank you so much for listening. I love you, really love you from the bottom of my heart. I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed this show, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. You can find all of them on yogagirl.com, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Of course, don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work. And thanks to my sponsors, TransferWise, FabFitFun, and Bob's Red Mill. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week.